When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. That close. Casey Tomanaga, half-court heave. How Nebraska would that have been for that to go in? Man, he that would got have been two total Nebraska great this year. looks at it, too. And if he gets the little scoop-de-doop lefty falling to the floor that sat on the back yeah, of the rim. Gumpy and relating to certain <laughs> high school Oh, yeah, Carter Mick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like somebody that can make acrobatic shots. That's Casey. Yeah. And it's weird. The two clean looks are the ones that he didn't get. Fudge. It, it was one of those nights last night for the Huskers. And uh, Michael Brunts was following along with that. Senior writer for Husker 24-7 at Michael Brunts on Twitter. Michael, for starters, good morning. Hi, how's it going, guys? Hi, Mike. How are you? I, you know, yeah, he, uh, he feels that way because we right. heard I'm, we we heard no. you're going on vacation. No, next so week. so full disclosure, I wanted to just say Mike because people always say Michael Brunts, Bruntsy, Brunts. No one says Mike. I just wanted to see yeah. how he would react. What do you prefer? That was- uh, well, I, I, I think everybody just goes with the last name usually. I know. I, I feel like I, everybody's in education, right? Like teachers. All they ever use is last names. Hey, did you talk, yeah, no, did, I, did, did you talk I, to I, Dostal? I, he's, he's a doctor. <laughs> that would be Dr. Dostal. Like, what do you mean? Like, don't, don't teachers do that, Bruncey? As I use his last name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they do. I, I, uh, nobody uses my fir- the full first name. That's usually like, uh, when you're reprimanding. Yeah, like my, my, like my mom's mad at me or something when I'm a kid. What's your middle like name? That's when I get the full. Uh, Alan. Michael Allen. Oh, that's Brents. a good right. wasp name. Hey. Now entering my notes. So, so, okay, so I know we say Shafe. What do we, what we say BC? Do you say BC or do you, call, nobody calls him Brian. Like, what do you, what do you call BC? I call him BC. Yeah, see, it's just weird. Well, you're just a big nickname guy, too. If I like you. If I don't, you're just your name. Oh, you're just... <laughs> hey, Tim. Well, Shane, he hates you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bruncey, Brun- 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 I know, like, you know, a couple of uh, games removed from San Diego doesn't cure all ills, right? Vandy was huge, but... Are, are you slapping our wrist as media and kind of fans for overreacting to the first weekend? Or you're like, hey, 
knock it off. You can't hit 16,000 batters, even though you still lead baseball and hit batters uh, in one weekend and be okay with that. Like, where are you with balance? Uh, I don't know. I think a general good rule of thumb in life is to uh, <laughs> to not make sweeping projections about baseball teams based on the first weekend. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you can't hit That's six, safe. You can't hit 16. <laughs> you can't hit 16 guys and, you know, put 30 guys on base with free pass in a week. Don't get me wrong. That's, you can kind of be concerned about uh, yeah, teams, especially when you're playing uh, warm weather teams that first weekend with so much that goes on. There's a, a guy that uh, played I know played baseball at North Dakota State, and they said have to walk around in their family rooms with cleats on to break them in like that that's just the challenges that northern teams have uh versus like a san diego but um yeah i mean this team this northern colorado is not going to make the ncaa tournament i feel safe saying that um but man the the this this lineup is uh is kind of fun to to watch him get after after opponents well i'll tell you what uh, you know if i remember correctly the first time we talked i was unsure about the actual depth of this team I felt the turnover rate from year to year didn't quite reassure me that there was solidified depth um, or at least just say solid depth Uh, but you know that was put to shame just based on everything that you just said you know watching guys come off the bench and just hit nukes in cold weather specifically um, how impactful do you think the offense or how impactful do you think the depth will be for this offense going forward. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of how the the staff built it. Um and you know the the thing that they can do this year that they certainly couldn't last year and and I don't know that they've been able to do it uh at any point in Will Bolt's tenure. I mean, they can really play matchup pretty well um against opposing pitchers. I mean, they up in Minnesota ran out, you know, an almost all right-handed lineup against Vanderbilt and we're fine. And you know, yesterday you, you know, you, you have, you know, Garrett Anglin's dealing with the hamstring, and that's a big loss until they can get him back. But uh, they, they throw Cole Evans in there. He hits two home runs. Uh, you know, Charlie Fisher plays first base, even though uh, he's been primarily an outfielder at other spots. Um, you know, that, that they can really kind of mix and match. And I think that's, that's a good thing because you're, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys going through slumps. And, you know, really, the the problem for them right now is they really just don't have a uh, enough spots on that lineup for <laughs> for the number of guys that they have that they they feel can hit. I mean, you know, Efrain Cervantes had you know the best fall and, and spring preseason of his career, and he's barely getting into the lineup. Same with Griffin Everett. And I was going to say that, that about that Everett. Just, Great call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, he hit the three hundred three run homer yesterday, and you know, he's probably the you know, third catcher right now, and, and maybe the second or third DH. So um, they've got they've got a lot of depth. And I mean, you, I mean, Gabe Swanson, who's a former walk-on, hits a 442 foot home run to dead center on a 33 degree day. Like that's that you don't see that very often. So, and you know what's subtle about that? That's why I like talking to you because you like you kind of get in the weeds a little bit. So he made some like key substitutions by he, I mean Bolt especially going back to the weekend in Minnesota, right? You're asking guys, you're talking about outfield position plays, balls that were actually caught, coaching decisions where you insert guys 
not just offensively where we can see it like real time, but even defensively, it's helped Nebraska. So if I'm Coach Bolton, this staff, are my how constant am I telling how how often am I telling guys, hey, listen, stay ready. You never know. We're pretty flexible. Doesn't mean we don't know what we're doing. Just you have to trust us. Will the yeah. what, well, what they had to do in the offseason with the chemistry and the, the team building, that could come to fruition all year, right? Well, and, and you know, the, the thing you hit on there, I mean, it's a veteran team. It, it's a team of old guys. And that, that, that was the idea in the offseason was, you know, look, we need to get older via the transfer portal. They added, you know, Casey Burnham has been great in center field. Uh, Charlie Fisher, you know, has, has played a ton of college baseball down at Southern Miss. Those guys get it. Like you know, they understand that you're you know might not be in the lineup every day, but you know they, they've been around enough to see kind of the approach you have to have. And you know they added some junior college guys too. Cole Evans is a JUCO guy. He was at Creighton too for a little bit. Uh, ben Columbus was a JUCO guy. I mean, I, I think when you have that kind of experience on your roster, you don't have as much of the you know, the, the shoulder hanging and, and guys getting disappointed when their name's not in the lineup on a particular day. And it helps, too. I mean, you, when you get into the part of the season where you're, you know, playing five games in six days and you've got the midweeks and stuff like that, I mean, that, that kind of keeps guys engaged, too. But uh, the, the lineup kind of turnover that they've made from last season, I think, has, has kind of been uh, the, the story of the young season so far. And, and, you know, we'll see if they can kind of figure out the pitching roles, because I think that's still kind of uh, some questions that need to be answered there, too. Keep it right there. The offense is there, but how would you grade the pitching over the first 12 games? Uh, it's been up and down. I mean, I, I think I think you really have to like what you have in, in, in your Friday and Saturday night guys and, and Olsen and Kamenska. I mean, I think both of those guys are always going to give you a chance. I mean, they're going to go five maybe more and, and, you know, give that offense a little bit of time to work. And when you get into big 10 play, that's really kind of all you can ask for. Um, you know, we'll see what they do with Sunday, you know, Caleb Clark, the freshman from Canada, it had been the Sunday guy. Um, you know, and, and, and I think he, they're still working on some things with them, uh, with the release and, um, that kind of stuff. And, you know, do they go with, with Michael Garza on Sunday? Do they, you know, does Jackson Brockett earn that spot? Um, we'll kind of see. I mean, I don't think that they really have an answer there. And it, it's not, you know, in the bullpen, I don't think it's really defined roles right now. I mean, Shea Shannon was probably the, the closer to start the year, and now he's probably going to be the first guy out of the bullpen on Fridays. Um, you know, Kyle Perry, you know, probably somewhere in that mix too. And, you know, you, you're going to need some guys to, to step up that have kind of been uh, inconsistent so far this season. So, the, the bullpen piece of it's huge because, <laughs> I, I mean, there, there's nothing worse in, in, you know, baseball than having to protect like a one-run lead and you just have no idea uh, what, what you're going to get coming out of that bullpen. I mean, that, that's a good way for uh, to start getting ulcers. What would you do What would you do with um, Clark? What would you do with Clarky? I don't know. I mean, he, he looked good yesterday. I mean, it was a pretty – he had to come in there and, and kind of put out the fire a little bit and, and then, you know, through pretty easy. I mean, I, I think yesterday you saw what the coaching staff seen from him so far um, in, in the fall and why, they, why they're why they so high on him. They still are. But, um, 
you know, I, I think, you know, maybe you give him one more shot at home on Sunday. I mean, they, they've got was Illinois State coming in. Um, so not a not a high, high pressure situation there. But, um, you know, I, I think the staff, you know, the easy move would probably be, like, okay, we're going to go put Garza in on Sundays. But I think they see more value in him out of the bullpen as a guy that can throw, you know, three or four innings if you have to uh, versus, you know, having him start on Sundays. So I, I would probably give Clark one more go. And, and if, you know, it, it's just not looking right, I mean, maybe he's your Tuesday night guy and you run him out there against Creighton and Omaha and, and those types of teams once you really start playing those games here in a couple of weeks. All right, spin the wheel for the next question. Would you like to talk the prowess and towards start of Mad Max or do you want to talk – midweek scheduling and how important those games will be uh, uh let's talk scheduling let's, okay let's really, let's really let's really get in the weeds here. let's go so I, listen i got you don't talk to a ton of smart guys that often let's maximize so Bruncy, with nebraska's schedule and i know you're gonna be like db what in the world are you doing fast forwarding you hate schedule talk but with degree of difficulty and how baseball still looks a ton at RPI, is this a team that you think, because of their versatility and depth, won't allow those midweek kind of innocuous kind of games get away from them to go on runs to kind of build a win-loss record? Uh, I think they have the offense to go out and really get after the midweek pitching. Um, the, the question in those games, a lot of times is, do you have somebody who can go into a Tuesday night game and, you know, go four or five innings because Mm. it's so hard to hand off the, you know, pass the bucket and and do the Johnny Allstaff (laughs) midweek games. And that's the bucket. It is $1 off hot chocolate, I think, versus Omaha. It is. That's a a good deal. (laughs) Well, all about that they're, warmth. They've got they've got like the old school bucket with the ladle. I think Ask they just the like bucket. like like the the boxing bucket. Um, so yeah, I mean if if they can get the the pitching thing figured out, yeah, I think they've got a chance to do it. Um, you know that that's always you know you, you sometimes don't know what you're going to get from guys, but if you can have somebody and, and it's worked in the past where if you find somebody that's a little bit younger, like a Clark, um, I mean, I think they'd probably love it to be like a Drew, Drew Christo, but um, that they can go in and, and give you three or four innings on Tuesday night and, and get you off to a good start. I think they have the offense to do it. Um, you know, it's, it, it's some of those, those games are tough. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, depending on your opponent in those midweeks, it's almost kind of better sometimes if, for, for RPI purposes, if those games get rained out and uh, then actually played. You know, Michael, knowing a lot of guys that played the sport, we're talking about, you know, not only just midweek games, but games in Nebraska where the weather is never nice to you. Uh, knowing a lot of just players, but not just here, but, you know, everywhere in the Midwest, they always have, like, that that drink in the dugout that keeps them warm, right? <laughs> and, like, whether it's, like, hot chocolate like DB brought up or um, I, I even knew somebody that uh, had, like, warm cider in the dugout. Yeah, I mean, chicken broth gets thrown around sometimes. And, you know, if, if it were you, like, what would you be drinking in the dugout? Come on, it's Bruncey. 
Oh, coffee. Black coffee. I was about to say, man, (laughs) that is old reliable for the smart guy, man. You need need the old, like, 96-ounce, like, trucker's choice, like, to go mug and just just leave it in there in the dugout that, that's all you need listen so can i, I got to get back to mad max here Bruncey, because I, I i hate hyperbole but i do love the sport and i do appreciate when guys just go out on the beach with uh you know their tool and they just rake right like they just get mm-hmm. all the leaves out of the yard when you look at what he's capable of doing he looks a lot a lot more fit too like you know, he always he's kind of he has that frame where you you're always like ooh, but no, I think we can say that, right? I mean, we're all adults he, here. He he doesn't he's not he does not have the prototypical second baseman frame. <laughs> I think is the way to say it. Thank, thank, see again, that's why I defer to the experts. But the way he sees a ball and knows where the ball is relative to what he can handle, where do you quantify his prowess at the plate? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, he's a high level hitter. I mean, there's no question about that. And, you know, it, it's when he's not out on his front foot and he's, he's using the whole field and that's what he's doing right now. I mean, even bad pitches, I mean, he's, he's shooting it between the hole and, and between first and second, um, you know, with ease and, you know, he, he's, it's funny, you know, you go back to last year and it felt like, man, like he just had like a really bad year. Uh, based on kind of what expectations were. But, I mean, he hit 300 with 10 home runs, and, you know, it was a pretty, you know, good year overall for most people, but it just didn't feel that way with him. And, you know, I, I, he went and hit in the Cape Cod League. He's hit everywhere he's ever been. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, the thing for him, too, this year, it seems like he's not pressing as much. Um, you know, he seems a little bit more relaxed when he's been around the media. And, I mean, yesterday, you know, I think he got retired his first two at bats, and you're kind of looking around like, what, what's going on here? Did that just happen? Like, he's just uh, on that kind of a start. So, um, you know, he, he's he's an elite hitter, um, and, and I think you know the start to the season, you're really kind of seeing, you know, the power. You're seeing just the, you know, the, the like I said, just the the ability to to hit hit bad pitches. Uh, and, and put him in good spots, and, and uh, you know he, he's been really just great to start the season. There's really no no better way to put it. Mike Allen Brunts, uh, senior writer for Husker twenty four seven, is who we're talking to. Did at just, Michael Brunts did on you just Twitter. Go full government. Wait, what? <laughs> what did I do? Uh, hey, you know you have such a good range. I want to take advantage uh, here and and ask you about something that's been on my mind and I know on a lot of Husker fans minds uh, uh, uh-huh. is Dylan Rayola still the top priority for Nebraska at this point or is there someone else on the list you believe they'll shift their effort to seeing that his interest has swung USC's direction maybe maybe uh you mean at quarterback or just overall uh we'll go overall yeah I no I mean I, I think I think he's still a huge priority. I mean, I, I it, it's uh, it's always interesting. I mean, every it seems like every visit things kind of <laughs> shift, right? But I I think that I think there's something too. I mean, we we talked about it a few weeks ago. I mean, I I've always kind of felt like USC was more more of competition than than what Georgia was going to be um, for, for Nebraska. But I mean, he's taking his visits. Um, you know, I, I think you know Nebraska is kind of well aware of where they stand uh, with, with him. I, I think they're confident that they're in a good spot. And, 
you know, I, I you do kind of have to, you know, have your backups in, in place and, and, you know, be ready to, to, to shift. And, you know, just looking at that visit list for, for March 25th, I mean, there's, what, three five-star guys who are coming in that are, you know, pretty pretty big targets. You've got a lot of in-state guys that are going to be on campus that Nebraska's invested a lot of time and, uh, and energy into recruiting, um, you know, in the short time that Matt Rule's been there. So, you know, I, I think – I think when you have a you know a, the the number one overall quarterback in the country, a guy that you feel good about his talent, and you know has the connections that um, that the, the Rayolas have to Nebraska, I think you kind of you have to play that string out. And you know I, I think he is the the top target on their board, um, and, and and you see what happens. But I don't I don't get the sense that you know the staff is about kind of where things stand with that. I mean, I, I just think that, uh, you know, the Rayola family is doing their due diligence with everything, especially after, uh, you know, de- opening it up after uh, de- decommitting from Ohio State. So uh, still the top target, I think. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll be pretty darn close to the top of that list until probably Delhi signs, I mean, if we're being honest. Uh, Bronzy, let me get you out of on this, and I'm going to give you three minutes only because you're an efficient wordsmith. I got a DM in yesterday. It's pretty interesting. And what she was basically talking about is she's kind of struggling, and she's in education, so she understands the prowess of delivery and, and words and consistency and all that thing and those kinds of things to lead. And she says, I'm kind of struggling with this balance of fluff versus the off season versus, man, I really want to rally around this. As a guy that's really good with words and efficient, do you check yourself periodically when you hear this staff talk? Like, I don't even like Kool-Aid. I drink my coffee <laughs> black. Like, <laughs> am I in the right headspace? Like, are they that good where you take self-inventory? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think as time, I think as time has passed, and as you know, coaching staffs have come and gone and, you know, you, you kind of, you're in the honeymoon period right now and it's, it's a great place to be, right? You, you haven't played games yet. You're, you're building things. You're, you're getting to know everybody. It's, it's, uh, it's a good place to be. I think, you know, I, I think the staff though, to their credit has struck a pretty good tone, um, you know, to where they're at, you know, not only, you know, to the guys in that locker room, I, I think there's a lot of buy-in. Um, you know, right now, just, just based on kind of what I've, my, I've come to understand. Um, but, uh, you know, I think th- they're doing the right things, you know, outside too. I mean, you, you've got, you, they're, they're doing the social media part of it, which I think is important. Um, they're, they're, you know, walking the walk when it comes to, you know, getting into high schools. I mean, I feel like if there's been a coach's clinic that's been held between now and, and January, you know, there's been a Nebraska football coach, at it somewhere in this country like they're getting out and doing that too so i think uh i always think a little bit of skepticism is always a little bit healthy but i do think you have to give credit to the staff for what they've done to this point of you know trying to get this thing rolling and you know i, I the other thing that i come back to and, and i think we've talked about this too but it, it uh they, they've done what they've said they were going to do and I, I think that's a, an important piece of, you know, whether it's been the way they've recruited, whether it's been 
uh, the way that they've you know built their roster, the way that they've kind of approached strength and conditioning. I, there, there's a lot of intent behind it, and I think that they've been pretty straightforward with people about you know this this is our approach, this is what it's going to look like, and they, they, they've followed that up too. Michael Brunts, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Full gamut, Bruncey. Appreciate you. Senior writer for Husker 24-7 at Michael Bruns. He's on hilarious. Twitter. Great interview there. I'm not one to, like, tap us on the back, but, like, that was a fun interview. Probably, I, I can probably, acknowledge that, It's probably that, more right? him than us. Yeah. Do you know how you know a guy's funny? He doesn't even know it. He just is. That's Bruns. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have to laugh at himself like we do. <laughs> Clear.